In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, where Atlanta United defeated the New York Red Bulls 3 to nothing in the first leg of the Eastern Conference Finals of the MLS playoffs. The goals were scored by Joseph Martinez, Franco Escobar, and Hector Villaba. As usual, Jason Longshore of 92.9 and SoccerDownHere.net is joining me. This seemed to be a game to me, Jason. Uh, Martino getting his tactics exactly right, and Red Bulls manager Chris Armas getting his very much wrong. Yeah, I was shocked to see midway through the first half New York continually sitting deep in two blocks of four. It looked like a 4-4-1-1 with Bradley Wright Phillips up top and Kaku. And there was a point, maybe 20-minute mark or so, and, and Mike Conti and I talked about it on the broadcast, where it was a situation where normally you would see the Red Bulls press. I believe Connor Lade didn't have any options, played it long, Bradley Wright Phillips stopped, put his arm up to his teammates, and held off the press. And that is the way the rest of the first half played out. New York kept sitting back deeper and deeper. They were trying to condense the field with their two lines of four. It was was compact, but it was narrow as well. And Atlanta was able to consistently find space around it. What Atlanta did really well, the possession number, if you just look at it as a glance, you'd say, oh, they played through the press. The game didn't really have that at all. There wasn't much pressing, and Atlanta's possession was almost entirely in the opposition's half. They played over the top and then played in New York's half, the exact way you want to deal with a team like the Red Bulls. Yeah, it was it was an odd game for Armis. I'm not quite sure why they wanted to sit back in blocks of four. When you do that, typically you have a speedster up top. Bradley Wright Phillips is not a speedster. He wasn't going to beat any of the three guys on Atlanta United's back line. Even Lorenowitz in a foot race. Um, so I'm not quite sure what they were doing other than hoping to get out with a 0-0 draw or maybe a one to nothing, uh, and get to Harrison and turn up the press and overturn the deficit. But, uh, you know, the best example of them not pressing probably came on the first goal. Atlanta United kept trying to whip diagonals across the field all game, thinking that Red Bulls were going to press to try to take advantage of one-on-one situations on the other side of the field. Um, they weren't really working very well. And then Lorenowitz got the ball probably 35, 40 yards from goal. Uh, no one came up to him. Royer backed off. Lade did not come up. Lade, who was in place of Kamar Lawrence, a best 11 defender who was not able to play because of an injury today. Lorenowitz picked his head up, found some space, hit a pass to Martinez, kind of at the corner of the goal box. Tim Parker, who I believe I said on your show, sometimes gets his marking wrong, got his marking wrong, mm-hmm. missed the header, gave Martinez too much space, 
He chested it down, waited on Robles to commit, and scored the goal. I don't even know if he had a chance to even thinking about the header. He he got flat-footed, and I think everybody from New York did in that situation. Lorenowitz had 15 yards in front of him to take once he took possession of that ball. No one stepped to him. It was a very narrow Red Bulls defensive stance. And Jeff Lorenowitz is a great passer of the ball. He looks up and he sees that he has that opening. It's not a big one, but he drops it in over Parker. Parker looks like as that ball is tracking over him, you could almost see, oh, no, look what just happened now. And Martinez... I mean, it's almost like it fell out of the air for him, and he was able to settle and, and beat Robles. Yeah, I, I think I said on your show on Friday that Parker's marking to me sometimes is suspect uh, in big games, and it was an example tonight. Yeah, I thought, I mean, Aaron Long was defender of the year, and everybody has talked about Parker. I think Long's the better of the two. He showed it tonight. I thought Long yeah. had a, a good game, yeah. made some big moments for the Red Bulls. I think he's a, a bigger threat on set pieces as well. Parker switched off in that moment, and you can't switch off when Joseph Martinez is on your back shoulder. Now, the second goal uh, was scored by the my man of the match and the team's man of the match, Franco Escobar. Our man of the match, too. Jason's man of the match, too. Franco Escobar, it was a, a great play by Almiron, who I didn't think had a great game. I think he might have been a little bit tired from national team duty. Out of sync. But he could have. He was about 18. He was at the top of the box, or close to the top of the box. Could have turned and shot with his left foot. Instead, kind of played a pass into space for Julian Gressel, who also had been fairly quiet in the game until that point. Gressel smoked his defender, ran by it, saw space in the penalty box, hit it back across the box. It was behind Martinez, but Escobar, who fancies himself a center back but was a really excellent wing back tonight, was there. Once again, scored his second goal with Atlanta United and his second goal with his left foot. Yeah, we had Julian Gressel on the full-time report on 989 The Game, and, and he talked about how that play developed. Uh, he saw Miguel Almiron driving towards goal, two defenders in front of him who are, are kind of dropping off and giving some space, trying to take away any easy option for Miguel. And Gressel saw that there was space in behind, so he made the perfect run behind. I thought the pass from Almiron was such an underrated part of it. Perfectly mm-hmm. weighted mm-hmm. to get through the two defenders but not carry Gressel too deep up against the end line. Or Robles. Yeah, or get to Robles. And yeah. and Gressel was able to get his head up and he saw that he said he saw that all the New York players were crashing back towards their goal and he thought if he puts that back across there might be a trailing man or maybe Joseph is going to get on the end of it. Joseph couldn't get there. He lets it ride. Escobar is there and smashes it home. Escobar in the first half, I think one of the reasons you saw Atlanta, even after they saw that the press wasn't going to be on in the same way, one of the reasons those long diagonals continued was Escobar against Connor Laid was a mismatch. And physically, anytime you get put a ball up that's 50-50 between those two, Escobar won it. Right. Yeah, Escobar, you know, he he keeps saying he's a center back. He thinks of himself as a center back. But tonight, Mar- Gerardo Martino said, this was the player these past few games that we wanted to buy. Uh, yeah. He is showing all the attributes to be a, a consistently good performer in Major League Soccer. He's arguably the fastest man on the field. Maybe next to Almiron, yeah. maybe next to Viaba, and that's as a defender. Yeah, he's tall, and he's really showing confidence in his offensive game. Uh, speaking of confidence in his offensive game, let's go to the third goal, Hector Viaba, who just a few minutes earlier had a Luis Suarez type run where 
he just kept beating guys, even though you weren't sure how he was beating them. The ball was kind of bouncing T- off of them and bouncing off of him, and he just kept it ended up at his feet. It hit the post. Then he comes back, gets the ball again, this time probably 12, 14 yards away. He's a right-footed guy, just cracks a left-footed shot into the lower right corner. Robles had no chance of stopping that no. goal. And now this goal is extremely important mm-hmm. because in the history of MLS playoffs, since the format changed in 2003, no team has overturned a 3-0 deficit in the first leg. It's been faced four times, not been done yet. So Atlanta United, if it can go and weather the probably the first 15 minutes, I think, in Harrison, New Jersey, it is going to put itself in an excellent spot of reaching and hosting the MLS Cup on December 8th. Yeah, the the third goal, back to it real quick, um, is Escobar again on the assist. Um, Escobar able to, to keep his composure in that moment, not just give the ball away, not just play safe, but actually be confident enough on the ball to pick out the pass. He picks out Vialba. Barco makes a run to the right, which creates a little more space, and Tito takes advantage with that left-footed rip. We've seen Tito with those types of shots before, he, he kind of is that closer for this team. And, and I noticed it when they showed a replay of the miss off the post. that They did, and it might have been the ESPN broadcast, I noticed it on the, the halo board. You could see the zoom in on Tito's face, and it's like he couldn't believe it. And he's looking at the halo board. I think he was screaming no. And it's like you just expect if he gets another chance, he's going to bury it. Right. That was the one where you could see all of the life drain out of the Red Bulls players. That was the one that makes it a really difficult road for them on Thursday. Yeah, well, to their credit, after that shot at the post, they did come down and they did almost get a goal off a set piece. Uh, Guzan was forced into a save off of a, the only shot on goal that Red Bulls had all game. Yeah. Um, and then Viaba scored. Set pieces, his goal. New York look good. Set, yeah, set which was surprising because Atlanta United has looked really good on set pieces York, in the semifinals. New York's the best team in the league on set pieces. And when you have Aaron Long and Tim Parker who can go up on those, and, and Long, I think, is the, the best weapon on set pieces in the league. And he created some havoc for Atlanta tonight. That will be the big issue early on for Atlanta against Red Bulls on Thursday. And, and the easy thing coming in, if you think about it, you're just going to sit back and defend. Just You don't want any possession in your own half. You want to play smart and simple. You also want to avoid set pieces. You don't want to give them those free kicks from 30, 40 yards out that they can chip into the back post. New York has a few different ways to deal with those. Um, they wasted one corner that they, they tried to like put a box around Brad Gazan and they ended up committing a foul on him. The one that I thought was really creative was a free kick from just inside the or just outside the uh, center circle, about 45 yards from goal. And you had Long on one side and Parker on the other spread on either end of the field. So you have two options to play Long to them and head back across. Long and Parker are so good on those. So for Atlanta, early on Thursday, you want to avoid corners. You want to avoid set pieces. You don't want to give New York a chance in that situation to get a goal because I think that's where they're more likely to score, not from the run of play, not from anything in possession. It's going to be on a set piece where they're their most dangerous. Yeah, that's why some Atlanta United supporters are not going to like me saying this. I think you'll probably see Chris McCann come in for Greg Garza in the starting eleven. I worry about Garza's calf. He's taller, more of a, a just more mass to block yeah. crosses. 
block shots. He's going to uh, sit deeper too. I mean, you're not going to yeah. be going as much as the outside backs in this one. And if if you have Escobar and he's going to go because that's that's who he is. It's the way he plays. You still have a bit of a threat. I worried about Garza's calf because you could see it on a play where Miguel was making a run for him. Garza continued to take the space because New York kept dropping off. And then he tried to hit a ball into Miguel's run and immediately started kind of hobbling and grabbing mm-hmm. his calf. And it was after that ball was served up, Martino and the bench called for McCann. Okay. So we have to keep an eye on Garza's right. calf. If he pulled it, that's a tough one to get back from in a couple of days. I'm also going to be curious to see if Miles Robinson comes in, if they make an adjustment to move Lorenowitz up into a defensive midfielder role and bring like in Robinson uh, for his height and athleticism too. I really um, like your thinking there. That would make a lot of sense. So we'll see. Um, but anyway, uh, we're going to wrap this one up here. Uh, Kansas City and Portland are still tied at zero in the second half of their game. Um, you know, Red Bulls can turn this around. They did score mm-hmm. three goals against Columbus in the second leg of that series, but they only trailed that one one to nothing. So there's a little less pressure than what they're going to face uh, in New Jersey on Thursday. Jason, what do you have coming up? Overreaction Monday tomorrow on uh, Soccer Down here. Uh, I'll be curious to see what the overreactions are this time around. It's going to be a, a pretty crazy show in the morning. You can listen on the Soccer Down Here app, which is available on Android and iOS, um, SoccerDownHere.net, and the Spreaker platform. And then Tuesday at Fado Irish Pub in Buckhead, we'll have Stoppage Time Live with 92.9 The Game. Myself, Mike Conti. Jimmy Vance. Uh, we'll have Bobby Belair, one of the technical staff members from Atlanta United. Uh, it'll be a fun conversation with Bobby, somebody that I don't think a lot of fans know. And then we'll dig into how things happened here, what Atlanta has to worry about on Thursday, what Atlanta can do to put the series away on Thursday. We'll get into your preview and your review at a Fado. 7 o'clock. If you can make it, please join us. If you can't, you can watch Facebook.com slash 929thegame. You invited me to the last one, and I couldn't make it. Uh, if Atlanta United makes the MLS Cup and you want me, I promise I'll be there Okay. for the next one. Okay. Uh, and as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. I hope that you'll subscribe to this podcast, Southern Fried Soccer. I hope that you'll rate it, and I hope that you'll tell your friends about it. I've already posted the game story. I'll obviously post this. I'm going to post ratings, and then tomorrow I'll have sidebars on how Atlanta United defends this lead. Uh, it's defense in general, something on Franco Escobar, probably something on Martinez, and probably something on um, Viaba and Barco, who are coming off the bench and playing pivotal roles for Atlanta United for guys that probably didn't think that was going to be their role in the playoffs. All right. Thank you very much. Atlanta United 3, Red Bull 0 in the first leg of the Eastern Conference Finals of the MLS playoffs.